So we have the great good fortune to do loving-kindness reflections every day at this time. And this is a really good start. This simple act of kindness of everybody being here on time, it's just a gift we give to everybody in the room. And just the settled energy. I know that it's maybe on the inside isn't as serene and peaceful as it looks on the outside, but it's just great how despite what we bring to these retreats, things begin to settle down. The mind becomes a little bit more pliable, more willing to be in the middle of things. I want to say a little bit about the divine abode practices, the cultivation. The, really, it's about remembering, recognizing, remembering, keeping in mind, keeping in view these capacities of love, basic friendliness, the capacity of caring, compassion, the capacity of appreciating what's good and beautiful, and equanimity also as one of these four qualities of the heart. And um, in a way, it's our birthright as human beings to refine, rediscover these, this potential to be relating to our life, to our experiences from these qualities of the heart. Instead of, you know, what's more common is to be slightly or very irritated, feeling put off by the conditions or feeling really needy, wishing, wanting something to happen, wanting that good sit to happen, you know, wanting something beautiful to arise. So we lose it all the time. We forget it all the time. And so today, uh, at this time every day, it's our time to formally remember it and keep it in view for, you know, as, with as much continuity, as much clarity as we can to really make a deeper imprint on the heart and mind, like uh, developing our confidence in the goodness of the heart. It's not other people's hearts who are capable of loving, of being kind, of being tender, being forgiving, being able to appreciate, this heart too. We just have to recognize it with clarity, like, oh yeah, this heart is good. So before we begin, just uh, organizing the benefits of doing the metta practices, the divine abode practices, in three ways. One, and this is very useful, it's such a necessary skill to have to just survive life and to survive our retreat, which is the cultivation, the remembering of metta, this quality of friendliness, of benevolence, of goodness, of loving kindness, is the antidote to one more time falling into some expression of aversion, which includes fear and impatience and irritation, as well as the more obvious outright hatred of ourselves or hatred of our knee pain or hatred of the food that we don't want to eat or whatever it might be. And to sense and directly see that 
the quality of friendliness can't coexist with ill will. And ill will of any kind, of any intensity, can't coexist when the mind, the heart is established in that basic friendliness. So in any moment, if we can, if the mind, the heart can find its way back, which is a matter of confidence and remembering, find its way back to loving kindness, then there isn't in that moment, in that moment there is no irritation, no impatience, no anger, no aversion. I'm sure you've noticed it in little moments of just being fidgety with the unpleasantness of the body. And then for whatever reason, the mind shifts its attitude from one of impatience to one of caring about the unpleasant sensations. And all of a sudden, what was a moment before hard to bear is now actually you would describe as a beautiful moment. The pain in the body may not have gone away, but the way the mind is relating to the pain, it's relating with metta, not aversion, not ill will, not hatred. And it makes all the difference. So in this regard, in this first um, fruit of loving kindness practice where we have an alternative to aversion, you know, the Buddha used this image of the world, which has a lot of sharp stones and thorns and other sharp objects that we stand on or step on. He said, well, you have two choices. You can cover the entire world in nice shag carpeting, or you can build yourself a pair of good shoes. And this is the thing about the cultivation of this attitude of basic goodness, friendliness, loving kindness, and finding it and finding it again and really infusing the awareness practice, the mindfulness practice with this quality, which is why we do it formally in the afternoon so that it can infect our awareness practice all day long. Right? And it's like having a really good pair of shoes and we don't have to worry about irritating things happening to us, knee pain, cold and rainy, or whatever it is that might irritate you because we have this good pair of shoes that knows how to relate in this beautiful way no matter what's happening. Second benefit is uh, the reflection on loving kindness is said to be one of the easiest ways to experience a temporary liberation of mind. You know, we always think about our spiritual ancestors like the Buddha or maybe some of your teachers and just a sense of their the degree of their awakening and the degree of their freedom in their mind. And it might seem very distant. But like I just mentioned, when the mind, the heart is filled with the attitude of love, then in that mind, there can't be ill will. There can't be any of the hindrances actually. So we get a real flavor of liberation whenever we're abiding in a state of love loving-kindness, compassion. But we want to recognize this is a mind free of ill will. This is a mind where craving does not exist. In this moment, may not be many moments in a row, but in this moment, the mind is free. So that's really nice, giving us, giving the mind the flavor of liberation. 
You can imagine how that inspires confidence. So maybe today, maybe not, maybe sometime this week, maybe many times this week, both in this afternoon session, but then throughout the day, you might just get a a moment where the heart, mind is filled. The attitude that's strong and dominant is a really beautiful, wholesome attitude of loving kindness. Then notice the liberation, the freedom from ill will, freedom from craving, and appreciate that. You don't need to get attached or cling because it doesn't help. It actually spoils the freedom. But just to, we want to be aware, mindful of the freedom, the temporary freedom of this mind because of the dominance, the presence of loving kindness, this mind is free of the hindrances. And then the last benefit from the practice, it's more, I mean, it's a really useful side effect of cultivating loving kindness or any of these four divine abodes, basic friendliness or loving kindness, compassion, appreciative joy and equanimity, is that it heals our relationship. It's like really good therapy, but it doesn't cost as much, right? Because the more we do this, quite naturally, as we're cultivating the feeling of loving kindness, sometimes intentionally, we bring people to mind. Sometimes on their own, they just, those people, those relationships just will come to mind. But now we have this chance, the second chance, to relate to them through this attitude of loving kindness, as opposed to whatever other frame we might relate to those people, that person with, right? And it's like we re-remember that this person is deserving of love, even if they irritate me, even if I think what they're doing is wrong, I don't need to hate them, I don't need to throw them out of my heart. So it really heals all of our relationships from the most mundane, neutral people that maybe live by us that we don't really know well, to our important dear ones in our life, to the petty tyrants and the irritating people in our lives, difficult people in our lives. It heals all the relationships. And so that's a real nice benefit from doing the practice. So do what you can to be comfortable. We'll practice for about 30 minutes or so, maybe a little bit longer, a few minutes longer, and then we'll have some time for question and questions and discussion at the end. So whatever you can do to be comfortable in your sitting posture. Maybe just appreciate that you got yourself here to this retreat, to this practice session that we're in now. And also it's a good time to recall your confidence that no matter how distant it seems now, This heart is capable of real goodness. And we'll begin with a short forgiveness reflection just to moisturize the heart a little bit, loosen things up. And we bring to mind now some situation from our past where we've harmed somebody, whether or not we did it intentionally. And it can be from long ago or even from earlier today. As if this person or these people that we've harmed are right here in front of us. 
and we remember the very deep truth that it's not easy being a human being. It's not easy being a human being because at times I operate out of fear, out of a sense of neediness, and at those times it's easy for me to make mistakes, easy for me to cause harm, to be aggressive or to be negligent, to be mean-spirited. So as if we're talking directly to this person, please forgive me for whatever I've done to harm you. It isn't easy being a human being. In fact, it's often easy to make mistakes and to cause harm. So I'm asking for your forgiveness for any harm that I've caused. So each of us in our own way, silently in our heart and mind, just practice asking forgiveness from this person or these people. And do it a few times. And bring another person to mind if you want that you've harmed. Take a few seconds, ask for forgiveness a few times. As if they were right there in front of you. And we bring to mind those that have harmed us. It's probably best not to bring the most intense situation to mind, but just one of the ordinary ways that others have harmed you, hurt your heart, caused you pain. And as you bring them to mind, remember that they're a human being and that it isn't easy being a human being with all this fear being conditioned in or all this neediness that's been conditioned into our minds. So as best I can, I'm going to forgive you for any harm that you've caused me. I no longer want to hold on to the resentment or the fear. So as best I can, I forgive you. So of course, use your own words as if you're talking to this person and try it a few times, and then brings to mind somebody else who's harmed you.
And then finally, we forgive ourselves. As best I can, I forgive myself for all the limitations of this heart, of this life, all the ways that I failed to take care of myself, all the ways that I failed to take care of others. As best I can, I forgive myself for being an imperfect human being. I care about this life and I forgive myself. So each of us on our own, just practice, find your own language, try it several times. And we'll do a simple body scan as we practice bringing this tender, kind presence to the body, which in a sense is our primary relationship, the mind relating to this body. So we bring this simple, kind attention to the head and the face and the great range of sensation here in the head and face. You can imagine you're breathing in and out of the head space, willing to be close, caring enough about these sensations to be intimate, feeling these sensations and letting them be. Every sensation, even the most ordinary, like the weight of the hair on the head or the air against the skin of the forehead, tension in the jaw, in the most simple way, learning, relearning how to be kind by being present with all these sensations here, just as they are. And the same with the shoulders and the throat and the neck, tops of the shoulders and shoulder joints. So the expression of the kindness is a willingness to be close, a willingness to be relaxed, have a relaxed presence just include or receive what's here. It's a kind of blessing to just feel the throat and the neck and shoulders. And then down both arms and both hands, take your time. unconditional acceptance of the hands and arms now. 
And again, the most ordinary sensations like the sleeves against the skin or the places of contact. And we begin receiving the different sensations in the torso. So let's open to the top third, the upper back, chest, Feel the rib cage. As if we're allowing the awareness to soak in here, a kind of blessing to be present. In the mid torso, the diaphragm, and the below the shoulder blades, the kidneys. Feel the whole spine here. Down into the abdomen and down into the lower back. So even if the sensations are unpleasant, we're willing to be close and willing to acknowledge that it's like this now in the body. all the way down into the structure of the pelvis, the groin, the floor of the pelvis. Feel the whole trunk. In fact, opening to the upper half of the body, the arms, the trunk, shoulders, head and neck. We're not going to turn away from the body because we care. Care enough to show up, to be present, no matter how it is now. As we include both legs and both feet, take your time and just receive what's here in the legs and feet. I care about this body. Care enough to show up, to be present. May this body be safe from harm. You can repeat these phrases in your mind if you'd like. May this body be safe from harm. May it be a happy body, a peaceful body. Strong body, healthy body. And may it live with ease and joy, this body. I care about this body. May this body be safe from harm. 
happy and peaceful. healthy and at ease. And staying connected with the body, we also feel the heart energetic center here. The heart that's sensitive to what's coming and going, realizing I care about this sensitive heart, this heart that is constantly exposed to sense experience that comes and goes, vulnerable to whatever comes and goes. I care about the sensitive and tender, vulnerable heart here. The heart that feels everything that comes and goes. May this heart be safe and protected in all ways. May wisdom and love protect this heart the sensitive heart. May this heart be happy and peaceful, may this heart be healthy, strong, And may it be at ease in the world, not afraid. I care about this sensitive heart right here. You can even feel as if you're breathing in and out of the heart center if you want. As if you're tenderizing or ventilating the heart. No matter how it feels, don't worry if it feels hard or tight. I do care about this sensitive heart. Care enough to be close, to be awake. May this sensitive heart be safe and protected in all ways. May the deepest wisdom and love protect this heart. And may it be happy and peaceful, healthy and strong, may this heart be at ease in the world not afraid. And use your own phrases or you could repeat these traditional ones and do a few rounds in silence on your own now. 
as if you're talking or connecting directly with the sensitive heart right here at the center. care about this body, caring about this sensitive heart. I care about this life right here. May this life be safe and protected in all ways. May it be happy and peaceful, healthy and strong. May this life be at ease with the changing circumstances, free from fear. So we're feeling the heart and the body now. Find your own words, being generous with your quality of love or well wishing for the body and mind, the body and the heart. I care about this life, care enough to be close, to be right, awake, right in the middle, care enough to be sensitive, care enough to be 
gentle and forgiving. I care about this life right here. And we take some time and simply notice the goodness of the heart, the heart that cares, wishes well, right here at the center of things. And its nature is to naturally expand. And you might naturally realize then that the heart cares about other beings. Might be a dear one in your life, could be a pet, could be a dear friend or benefactor or loved one. But just see who comes to mind. Generally, it's good if this person or this being is somewhat someone not so complicated. And realize that the heart naturally includes them. I care about your life too. May your heart be safe in all ways. May wisdom and love protect you always. And may you be happy and peaceful. And may your body be healthy, free from pain. And may you take care of your life with ease. So just allow the love, the metta to expand as you bring to mind a dear one or an easy person an easy being, if it's not a human being. Use the traditional phrases or come up with your own, but keep it simple. Noticing how easy it is to appreciate, to care about, to wish well for a dear one in our life. And there's no reason to go on to another person unless another dear one just naturally comes into the mind, comes into the heart, then include them. Maybe you do both people together or both beings together. Or maybe you leave 
the first and open to the second. So let it be somewhat organic as we continue to bring to mind loved ones. I care about your heart, your sensitive, vulnerable heart. May you be safe and may wisdom and love protect you. May you be happy and peaceful and healthy and may you live your life with ease, free from fear. So find your own way, your own words. And of course, whenever the feeling of love, the feeling of the goodness of the heart is strong, then you don't need to bring to mind any being and you don't need to repeat any phrase. You can let the awareness rest in that goodness of the heart. Really appreciate that it is good. Notice how it naturally expands or there's a radiance that happily goes out. It's as if it fills first the space of the body and mind and just spills over and starts to touch everybody in the room, out the windows, the whole retreat center and the whole world eventually. Love that actually knows no bounds, just the goodness of the heart. And its very nature is that everybody is included. And so this can actually turn into our meditation object, just the goodness of the heart, this subtle, maybe not so subtle radiance of the heart. And learn to rest the attention here when it's strong And when it's not strong, then come back to the person and using some phrases to sort of help ignite or strengthen this quality, the remembering of this quality of love. So we'll continue for another five or six minutes in silence.
practicing, letting the attention rest in the goodness of the heart, this expansive radiance of the heart that cares, that wishes well, that includes So we're not forcing the radiance, we're just resting in this expansive goodness of the heart. Doesn't matter how faint or subtle that it might feel right now. What makes it beautiful is the relative absence of ill will. May all beings near and far be safe and protected. May all beings near and far be happy and healthy and at ease. And may all beings near and far be free from suffering and the roots of suffering. May all beings be at ease. Notice how it is. It's always good to check and see any effects from the trainings that we do. I forget if I mentioned, but this uh, metta is considered to be a moisturizing practice for the mind and heart, as opposed to some of our wisdom practices, which have can have more of a cool feeling. But we have a little bit of time. Um, for questions that you might have about the practice. And you'll see as Kamala and Deborah guide the metta, we all, each of us will bring our own particular flavor in. Um, But through the week, we'll start with ourselves and the dear one, the benefactor, and then move. Because the general uh, scope of the practice is to let that feeling of goodness, of love expand because it's, it's in its nature.
to do that. And it's just the lack of confidence and fear that sort of prevents us from noticing that quality of expansion or the immeasurable or boundless quality of love. Any questions about the instructions today? Or about the practice generally? Yes, please. Once you do that, and then you use the more traditional methods of loving kindness towards self, and then an easy person, a benefactor, how do you come back to those? I mean, should one come back? We didn't quite do that today, but mm-hmm. it seemed like something I wanted to do. Yeah. So she brought up the forgiveness practice that we did right at the beginning and said that it felt really powerful for her because in a way we're addressing the difficult, some of the difficult people in our lives when we do a forgiveness reflection like that. <coughs> and just was wondering about um, whether we should come back to those people at the end. And I think the, the thing about the loving-kindness reflections and emphasis on the plural, it's just not one way. And uh, like even in this, on purpose, in the, what I did today, I wanted to sort of bring in several different skillful means, right? So the forgiveness reflection, the body scan, the sort of meta body scan, uh, really uh, sort of getting some skill with using a location for all of the meta practices by kind of tuning into the heart center, whatever that is for each of us. No matter what that feels like, right? It might feel very numb. It might feel like a beautiful radiant light. But whatever it feels like, it's useful to look to kind of as a structure for the practice to have a location. And then the phrases, that's a skillful means that you can use, adopt or not. Uh, the different categories of people that you talked about from you know, the traditional and the Vasudhimaga, it's a, a manual of practice that came out several hundred years after the time of the Buddha, but it's quite it's used quite a bit even today. You know, they identify the order from the benefactor, usually oneself, the benefactor, a dear one, neutral people, difficult people, all beings in all directions. So there's a sort of a general sequence. That's a skillful means, not an absolute, but just something you can work with. And then this generalized radiance that we did at the end, that's a technique or a skillful means you can experiment with. So there are lots of ways to do it. And there's, in this practice, room for creativity. So it would be totally okay, especially if you felt pretty stable in your practice, to bring in difficult people. And I think, you know, on Friday, probably, who's ever doing the metta instructions will probably do difficult people then, maybe even Thursday and Friday, um, depending on how the instructions go. But you don't need to wait. 
you know, because you've been practicing or just because you want to experiment. But remember, the, the point of the practice isn't to specifically heal every relationship in your life. Because if you find and develop your confidence in the goodness of your heart, those relationships will be healed. You don't need to bring them all to mind. It can get a little neurotic. Oh, I haven't brought Aunt Sally to mind, you know. And I remember that one day when she made me finish my peas, and I've never forgiven her for that. So we don't have to, because this is a great thing. The more we uncover this potential of unconditional love, then as we live our life, we'll notice that our relationships, the way we relate to people, is just naturally changing without us trying to change or fix the relationship. Just by gaining confidence that we can abide in a heart that cares, a heart that loves, a heart that forgives. So when you do bring people to mind, it's a skillful means. Remember I said that's that therapeutic effect of relationships being healed, it's kind of a side effect. Because when we bring people to mind, we're really moving, we're bringing people to mind on purpose so that we can notice something about love, which is that it wants to expand. It wants to include more and more. So that's the purpose of bringing everybody, uh, people to mind, not to cover everybody, but to recognize this quality of expansion or this immeasurable quality that the love doesn't run out, actually. It doesn't like we get to the bottom of it and we have to stop. It just keeps coming. The more we tune in to the, this quality of love, metta, the more we see it doesn't run out. It's, it's boundless or immeasurable. Yeah. Yeah, and that's why I did it. You know, I did oneself in three ways. We did the body, we did the sensitive heart, and then we did this life. And it's just giving this, whatever this is, me, my life, my conditioned mind, my habit energy, the body that this life has as its vehicle, right? To kind of give some time for everything to come up in terms of what this is both uh, difficult, like difficult physical sensations, but also pleasant physical sensations, difficult emotions, beautiful emotions. Because we want to really, first and foremost, see that the metta is willing to expand, include the full range of the body and mind here and all the ways that it manifests, expresses itself, good, wholesome, and not so wholesome, right? Yeah, so that's that's a time to do it. And you never have to go beyond that. Like, if that's a really rich practice, don't worry about the other categories initially. Just do the practice for this sensitive heart, for this body, for this life here. Yeah. Can you say something about love and attachment? Because I feel like those get very tangled up for me sometimes. 
Yeah, which is why it's often good in the beginning not to bring in complicated relationships because those, by definition, are the ones where there's some attachment. And attachment is considered the near enemy to metta, meaning that it can look like metta, look like this friendliness, this love, but actually it's like a business relationship. Like I'm, I, I have expectations in this relationship that if I love you, you're going to love me or you're going to behave a certain way. But that's not metta. That's a different kind of love. That, I mean, we use the word conventionally love. This is my lover. This is the person I love. But that relationship might have a lot of attachment built into it. So initially, don't bring those people to mind. Right? You can later, when there feels like there's some real confidence in the goodness of the heart. And then be on the lookout for the attachment, for an expectation that there's you know, you expect something back from the person. You expect something back from the love. Your heart's feeling really generous, but there's some feeling like, well, what about me? You know, why don't they love me this way? Do they love me this way? Because the whole idea is to see, to experience a kind of love that's happy to go out for its own sake. In fact, it's healing. It, it's enriching it. We don't need anything back. I mean, it's fine if love comes back, but we're not in need of it. We're, we're perfectly, the heart is perfectly happy, loving, caring. It's like when you see a butterfly in the garden. I don't know, we're going to have some rain for the next few days, but if you happen to see a butterfly or some bird, you know, you might just notice that natural generosity and you don't expect anything back from the robin or the cardinal or whatever you might see. You're just, the heart's just happy to wish well for it, wish it a good life or whatever. And so we have to develop some confidence in that heart, in that love really, that doesn't need anything back. And then bring those more complicated. They may be the people you love the most, but they're complicated because there's some attachment, there's some fear embedded in the relationship. Even though there may also be some real pure love there, but there's some other stuff there too. So get, go to those relationships, bring them to mind at another time, a later, a later time, when you're just feeling like really confident in the abundance of love, not needy and in, in uh, giving it away. Yeah, all the way in the back. I'm confused about what, who's the benefactor? Well, it's a funny word, you know, we don't use it too much, but that's how it got translated. Um, from this text, the Vasudhimaga. Um, but the benefactor is generally an easy person. That's another way people translated it, translate it, the easy person. But it's somebody who's been there, somebody who are good feelings for them come easily or easily found or recognized. You know, so it could be an auntie or an uncle who just loved you And they didn't have to be your parent, you know, or grandmother, grandfather, or a mentor that you had, you know, when you were in high school. That just some teacher that took you under their wing and really wished well for you naturally. It's nice if these people that you use to begin your practice with are still alive, because it just removes the confusing thought, where are they now? Are they are they now? (laughs) You know, so just Keep it simple. Use people who are still alive, 
who aren't infused with a lot of complicated complicatedness in your relationship to them. So why don't we leave it here? We have about 15 minutes, as you know, for a short walking period before dinner time. Thanks, everyone. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.